That was a wonderful message. I think we're done. We just finished with the benediction. But we have to uh, deal with uh, the fact that today is Mother's Day. We can't ignore that, right? Happy Mother's Day. You know, um, it's uh, interesting that um, the blood heals. Without blood, it doesn't heal that good. Or maybe not. But love also heals. You know, and it's the, it's, the, it's the love of mother that heals us. And it's the love of Christ Jesus that uh, brings us back to where we need to be. Well, today being a Mother's Day, you know the difference between mother and father? Well, you know, <clears throat> mothers go through all kinds of challenges in life. And at the end, they all say it's all worth it. They have, they face their kids with uh, physical challenges, they get into trouble, but they all say at the end of the day, it's all worth it. They believe that their kids are going to be absolutely perfect as they grow up, but they get messed up. They uh, start drinking, they, uh, they get in trouble, they get in fights, and they get suspended from, uh, uh, from school. They caught in stealing and lying. They rebel. Oh, yes, they talk back. And mothers at times says, I can't deal with this anymore. But at the end, most of mothers, if not all the mothers, would say, it's all worth it. On the other hand, father has no clue. Or most of them. They don't really know how to relate to mothers. But they know how to relate to their golf games. They go out to the green. They slice the ball. It lands it in the woods. It lands. It, it plunges in, uh, in the water. Instead of doing one putt or two putts, they end up doing three or four putts. And they swear they will never play this game again, citing the fact that it is too hot in the summertime, citing the fact that it is too expensive, citing the fact it takes too much time, and citing the fact that the spouse at home is yelling at them. They will swear they'll never play it again. But then they go to one tee, and they, they tee off, and... This ball goes nice and straight. It goes up so high, rising in the sky. It goes up so high that you can't even see the white clouds. But they have this amazing ability, like eagle's eyes, to detect a little tiny white ball amongst this white cloud. They know exactly where the balls are. And as they go, and when it, when it, when it lands in this uh, middle of the fairway, and then it bounces against a little more yardage, and they go say, wow, that is so amazing. And they take a big breath and say, it's all worth it. You see, to man, it's all about glory and honor and catches and accomplishments. And to woman, it's about doing life. It's about doing life. And that's why perhaps... God, when he was writing Proverbs 31, that we call P31, he was referring to that chapter, verse from uh, 10 to 31, 
a woman of noble character, a wife of noble character, or perhaps a mother of noble character. And the lesson is really simple, that this Proverbs 31 isn't for just the women, mothers, or girls. No, it is for all of us. The lesson really is that we ought to have, all of us, men and women, father and mother, the lesson is for us to have the heart of woman, heart of mother, heart of bride, heart of wife. So we've been... Uh, Reviewing, studying that, that, that slogan, that uh, thing that I wrote, that, that your business is my life. You know, that's so perfect. If you really think about it, for men, your business is my life. That's what we do. You know, I go with my kids and I just, I'm very objective. This is what you have to do. This is what you got to do. It's about all business. It's all business. And that's what men do. It's about accomplishment. It's about getting things done. And that's how we speak. That's how we view our life. But the other one, your life is my business. If you really think about it and reflect, it's very much what mothers do. It isn't about kids, children's business. It's about their life. And saying, your life, whether it's good or bad, whether you get into trouble or no trouble, so you'll be, you get all the honors or you don't get honors, but I am more interested in your life. And that is my business, to care for, to seek after your life, and to deal with your life. You know, in the business sense, in the, business, in the context of when you're in business, when you're in school, when you're in uh, uh, church, if we, as together, instead of saying, your business is my, my life, that's like saying, you know, we agree to do this, let's get to it. And, and, and if, we don't, if things does not work out very well, what do we do? We get this little tension in us and all that kind of stuff. It creates more problem. And that is a really common thing in business, in the marketplace, in the workplaces. That's exactly what happens. It's all about the business. But if you go to the workplace, if you go to the, uh, or any organization you're serving, you say, your attitude, the heart of a woman, the heart of a wife, your attitude is, no, 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 I understand the business. I understand the mission. I understand the goal of our organization, our, our, our church, and our, our business. But it is more about life. I am more interested about life, helping each other so that we can grow together, so that we can accomplish the mission that we have. Saying that your life, your life is more important. And that is my business. I'm here. I'm in this marketplace. I'm in this company. I'm in this church to help your life, help make your life better. If that is the way in which we act, can you just imagine how things could be different? Not only in your marketplace, not only in your organization, not only in, in, in church, just even your family. Some of the mistakes that I make in the family is because it's all about your business is my life. I got everything planned for you. Boom, boom, boom. You got to follow that. It's all about that. But the mother doesn't really think that way, even though they kind of do. But the, the inner side, their driving forces, no matter what happens, they're willing to pick them up. And they're saying, son, 
and daughter, your life is my business. And last week, as we were discussing about the uh, 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 verses from um, uh, 15 to uh, 20, and uh, we talked about uh, that this Proverbs 31, it's really applicable to just all of us, especially all of us who are just failures. And we tend to, when we look at the godly man and godly people and says, I am not nowhere near that people, so I'm not worthy. And I can't accomplish any of that stuff. Focusing in the past because music and the art is really part of the very fabric. It's the very life of, of, of our life. It's how critical so that is. It's not about just business. It's not about mission. It's not just about God, but it's doing a life together. And I want to show that picture once again. It's a project that I worked on and I finished. By the way, that's the... The lower right two pictures is the uh, two retail with the parking garage that our company designed. One on lower, the bottom one is already completed, is done. One on the, on the top is that's under construction right now. So we made some contribution. But when we were designing all this, I didn't really get the whole picture. You know, how the whole picture, whole picture is go back to 30 years ago, simply 30 years ago, or maybe 25 years ago. That place looked just like the picture, the black and white picture up the left corner. It's a desolate place. It's a, the value of the land was like nothing. Gee, have we known that? Just purchased that for pennies, and you could be, you know what? You know, it's, it's better than hitting a lottery. And it, that's the kind of place. And there was one artist who had a vision that I can make a life, I can bring life into that place. I can bring the color into that place. I can bring the poor people. I can bring all these people, artists who are, uh, I have to be careful what I said. I think I said last time, which didn't come out right. Uh, who, 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 whose life is amount to just junk. But if you realize these poor artists, most of us, we collect a lot of junk in our garages. Someday thinking that it's going to be useful and valuable. And this artist has amazing ability to turn that junk to you and to me, to junk, but they just put some kind of color on it. They put a proper frame and just a little tiny touch up. It's like, oh, wow. All of a sudden, instead of junk, it becomes like, oh, I'll buy that for 50 bucks. I'll buy it 100 bucks. It thinks what happens. And this poor. He, was, he may not have been artist poor. He was an artist, but he saw all these people who were struggling, and he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy this place, and I want to give you a pen, a brush, and a, and a paint, and go and have it your way. Just go and start painting those walls of the existing buildings. That's exactly what they did. I mean, artists, I 
you know, they love just showing off. Maybe they love just painting, you know. They start doing what we call graffiti. I remember when I was starting many years ago, 30, 40 years ago, in architecture business, graffiti was like a really nasty, it's a bad word. How could anybody do this kind of stuff to the, the buildings, just writing things? You know, it's, it's expression. So they go out and they start just drawing and take the wall that was a beat up walls and they maybe they patch up a little bit and put all these kind of colors and draw. And then you have one paint, uh, artist come, two come, and then 50 and 100 as more of they came. So, well, you know what? We are, we're liking it so much. Why don't we take, can we take inside? Can we take over inside? Can we just do a workshop there? Can I create my uh, uh, studio in there? And they start doing studio. And then, that's, and then more of artists came, more artists came, and then the, the little bit with the people with some deep pocket and said, well, there are a lot of people here. Maybe I can create something with this, this poor people's uh, ability, art. Maybe we can create something new, something good. So he started investing a little bit of money, cleaning it up a little bit, and as soon as they had more people, they started making a gallery out of it, a beautiful gallery. And then it became furniture stores, nice artistic furnitures that these people made, not from far away. And another several years went by, and this big franchise people came, I like this. There are a lot of people here. There's life into this. And then they begin to invest. Now he got all kinds of uh, Gucci's and whatever that kind of stuff in it. And it just amazes me that, that we may not amount to much right now. We may have failed a lot of things in our lives, but we can do this. This woman of noble character, I bet she wasn't noble in the past because if you, it, doesn't, it doesn't talk about it. But if you look at the entire Bible and look at all the men and women, they were really not great from the beginning. So it's statistically, she could be one of those two. So it's okay to assume that. It's all of us. It was an ordinary woman, became a noble, became extraordinary woman. How? How? Because she decided she was going to hold on to the values that God instilled in her, instilled in us. It's a simply, it's a, it's a brush with, a, with a many different colors of a paint. She says, I'm going to pick that up, okay? Instead of not picking up, I'm going to pick up the brush, I'm going to pick up these simple, different uh, colors of cans of paints. I'm going to start painting it. I'm going to start painting it. And, when you, and you do that. And you do that one life at a time. It becomes, turns into something colorful. Then it becomes valuable. Valuable, maybe not so much in the price, but valuable in the eyes of our Lord. And that's when he begins to, hmm, I'm going to favor you. I'm, I like you. I like what I see. And there will be God's promise, I will con- from this point forward, I'm going to continue to favor with the goodness. Remember the favor? Favor, it's God's free gift, guys. It's a free, but it's reserved to those God find favor in his eyesight. And that's what we do too. It is free. It's not a condition. It's just still free. But if, when God likes what we do, that's when he gives that free gift to us. 
So let me go through that real quickly uh, for the first timers, for example. But the what? Uh, Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31, uh, chapter 10, the first chapter. Wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Became extraordinary woman. We can become extraordinary men and women of God. And when this happens, when you become ruby into the eyes of God, God is going to find in favor and continue to uh, bless you, bless you. Verse 11, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Her husband, in this case, is simply substitute that her husband with Jesus because Jesus is our husband, you see. It's not just your uh, physical uh, husband, that too. But it's, uh, it's uh, Jesus, our, it's because Jesus is our groom, we are our brides. So there are four, we are the wives because we're married to Jesus and we proclaim, proclaim that Jesus is our savior. We become wife at that point. You say, Jesus, this is my husband. I am his wife. That's exactly what this, the meaning of this. Jesus has a full confidence in that. Meaning your people, people they are associated with, it, your friends, your coworkers, will consistently say, we have a full confidence in this woman, in this person. She lacks nothing of value. We have, if we can live that kind of life, oh my goodness, what kind of life would we be living? God would be just pouring his kindness and the gentleness and love unto you. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Not just uh, when uh, uh, once or twice, but all the days of her life. You know, when you, you don't want to sometimes do good to some particular person because that person has harmed you. You may have a justification for that. But that's not going to guarantee you a favor from God, period. Okay, I got it. You got my grace, you got my mercy, but you don't want to do, you don't want to get my, my favor. That's, that's, that's fine. But if you bring good, regardless what the circumstance it is, in all the days of our lives, God's going to find special heart for you. Uh, verse 15, jumping into 15, she gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portion for her servant girls. Take care of your people. Take care of your employees. Take care of your people who uh, you are responsible for. Get up early. Just be diligent. That's exactly what it means. 16, when you start your own business, when you start something, when you're going to go somewhere, uh, when you want to go, you want to do something, use your own earned money to do it. That's when this way, the reason why this is there, because if you don't have a resources, instead of going to your rich uncle, rich uh, aunt, and you say, I thank uncle, I thank you very much that you, you want to you help me to start this, but I, I'm going to use the resource of God. And God's going to just accelerate that business. That's my testimony. I started with nothing. No resources, but it accelerated. And I don't know it, but if I didn't do that, if I 
even though I didn't have any uncle rich, rich uncle or whatever, if I receive all this money to start the business, maybe my business was like this. You know, who knows? I know that the, the gap, that's all favor by God. God gave the favor to grow. 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. Stands side by side with your co-workers, your servants, your employees. Work things out together. That's what gives morale burst and boost in organization. Can you imagine how, how God was already knew how to manage? You don't really need an MBA course. I can, I, I can spend about four hours in discussing about this. It's all, you don't really need to go through the MBA course to become a, a successful manager. It's all in here. It says to make a profit. You like that, right? We should go make a profit. It says 18, she sees that her trading, her business is profitable. And she works so hard that her lamps does not go out at night or the fact that she might have enough reserve to keep the lights on. Because remember, in those days, oil was very expensive, just like today. And her purpose in her life, the mission and the goal of life is that in verse 20, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. If that's our goal, if that's our mission of our life, God will be so pleased. But most of us, our mission in life, mission to go in life, is to see the bank account go up, uh, up. It's like having a little chart, you know, like when you have a donation chart, you know, they have this uh, thermostat, right? The red, and it was as the, as, a, as the funds come in, you raise the. The, the red bar, oh, yeah, we collected 10,000, oh, 20,000, oh, there's a, you know, and we look. So we do exactly the same with our lives. You make a profit, and that's what we do. We forget the fact that God says, I am letting you, I am giving you favor to make money, but your purpose in life, as you say to your people around you, your life is my business, is he opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. That's where we left off the last time. And verse 21, uh, I love this verse 21 as well. This has so much profound, uh, profound uh, management and operation and how we conduct our business. Verse 21 it says this, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Let's look at the first one first. When it snows, she has no fear for her household. Snow means when the storm comes. When the trouble comes, she has no fear. Can we say that? Can you say that I'm, I am ready for any challenges in life? Well, let's look, let's, let's look at the one thing. It's pretty simple. Like, like today, we look at the, everybody has this the thing. Weather report, weather alert, you get it automatically. In two days from now, we're going to have 150 miles, and we're going to have whatever uh, storm, or maybe better yet. Uh, two, days, three days, two days from now, we're going to have like five foot of snow. That's probably a better illustration. Five foot of snow. And people go, ah, now you go to Giants, and you go to grocery stores, and you go there, you know, you buy water. A uh, bottle of water, you buy milk, you buy cereal, you buy everything. You stock up your house, maybe not for two, three days, probably for about two, three weeks. 
And if you're lazy, if you don't get up early in the morning, as the Bible says, and you go to the time, say everything will be gone. I've, I've had that experience in the past. You got, there's no water left, no more water, no more milk left. You know, got to get up early. But the point is this. Can you, can you live life when the storm comes and challenges comes and give no fear? That's okay. I'll, I got enough of those. I got enough of this water and milk. And I got lots of canned food that can last me years to you know, how can you, can we do that? You know, I think there's two ways of looking at it. It's, 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 it's like the illustration. You know, woman, mother, at the end of the day, they always say it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Because one way we're looking at it is when it snows, she has no fear. Why? Because number one, it always can mean she is full of love. You see, love sustains. Yes, love heals. Just like blood heals, love heals. When you have love, you can, you can sustain. You don't need to have a fear. If you have lots of people that, that you are, that you have appalled your life, that you live a life with, a, your life is my business, you bet how you have so many people you can just, they would even reach out to you when you're in trouble because you have already done so much and God is going to show his favor through the people around you. The other thing, she has no fear, perhaps most likely because she has enough reserve, just like we talked about. Enough reserve, enough food, enough money, whatever the case may be, she's got enough reserve. And that's what we did back in, uh, when we had uh, some difficult times uh, back in, uh, I know I mentioned this several times uh, in the past in different parts of the messages, you know, 2008, when the economy just, just went, it was like diving on the cliff, just downhill. It wasn't like sliding, it was like downhill. Young people probably have not no idea. It just went downhill. And most of the companies laid off first year, 10%, second year, another 10%, third year, 10%. The economy, bad economy lasts almost four to five years. So by the time it was all done, whether you're finance and whether engineering, architectural, construction, and development, developer got even hit even harder. They had a 40 to 60%, they had to lay it off. They had to lay it off. And that was the time that when we said, and, and, and we had a board meeting, and one of the board meetings, the outside board member, I think he knew about our company core value. And about third year or second year, he comes along and says, I just want to let you know, Tim, today I am going to address this. I just want to let you know. I'm going to address, I'm going to make a motion that you need to, that you're not doing right. You don't, he didn't really say you don't know how to run a business. Is it, that is not right, okay? You, we need to lay off at least 10, 20% of the people. Because it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So we went to the meeting, and uh, he brought that up. And I said, uh, I didn't quite pick up the Bible, but I said, exactly, they they know it's all from the Bible, so exactly taught them what what the situation. We've been working on the reserve. When it snows, we have no fears. How did you do that? We have some, we stack away some money for times like this. And I still have this care for my people, our people. So we're going to make sure that with the love, we want to make sure that uh, they, they are more interested in their life. 
So we didn't lay anybody off. But I don't know answer to that in five years. I mean, that takes lots of money, lots of money. But you keep your faith in God, not the resources. And two years later, just two years into the recession when people are laying 20 and 30% off, we won the biggest surprise again down in Miami. And that sustained us for two, three years, the rest of the, of the uh, bad economy. You see, when you do something that God is pleased, if you understand, if you know that this Bible is all about God's promise, and you believe in the God's promise, and God is going to deliver that promise, He's going to deliver it to you. But you have to be found in favor of him, from Him. God has to, he's got eyes too. There's always a phrase in the Bible, it's always, if I am found the favor in your sight, in your eyes. That phrase always goes hand in hand, never separated, always together. God is watching. And if he's pleased with the things that you do, if he's pleased with the actions you're taking, if he's pleased with the decisions you're making, he's going to compensate that in two-fourths at least. The Bible talks about two-fourths all the time. Book of Job is about giving back in two forwards. There's no fear. You know why I believe Bible P31, it refers to uh, Proverbs 31 as a woman of a novel character? It's because if you look at the, the fundamentally how God, I think, created woman. Slightly different than man as the illustration that I mentioned earlier. You see, woman likes safety and security. If you go to woman and say, you want to court some woman, you like someone and says, I want to protect you. I think it's all years. She was ready to listen. If you don't know how to say that, I said, I have lots of money. She was, oh, let's talk to me, okay? And he said, if you don't have a, if you're too weak, you can't protect the woman, and you can't have, you don't even have a money. But if you go say, I can't lead you, lead us in spirituality. I love God so much. I have no fear. And God's been blessing me all this time. If you're together, you're going to bless. You're going to experience the same kind of thing. I think girls, are going to, they're going to listen to that. Because protection, money, and spirituality, they all amount to what they desire. It's a safety and it's a security. On the other hand, men don't like that as much. Even though they like it, but that doesn't draw them. So if, you, if you're a woman... And you like a guy, and you say, I think I can protect you. I think that man is going to run away from you like in no time. Okay, so I think that I have a lot more money. I think I can make more money than you. He's out of, out of that door. He's, just, he's out. I don't want to deal with you. Or you say, I'm going to lead you in spiritually. There's some men would like that, but that's not, they're not really designed for that. But you know what men like? They like respect. They like honor, they like a glory, they like accomplishment. So if you want to call some woman or guy and says, you know, talk to your friends when he's standing up there. You know, this guy, Mark, he did this and he did this. You know, 
When I was in difficult, when I saw him, he was uh, with some other guy. He was in trouble. He just went over to him, rescued him. I watched him. And the guy said, yeah, I, you're really talking. Yeah. I like this girl. You know, that's what happens. You give sense of respect. You know, you just it. But God is saying in a spiritual realm, we all need to be like the heart of woman. We all need to have the heart of noble uh, woman. And that's, we believe, really the essence of the Bible. It's about life. It's not about just accomplishments. It's doing life. And it's, um, in the second part, it says, it's clothed in scarlet. Scarlet is brilliant red color, tinged with a little bit of orange color. That's what scarlet is. Scarlet represents wealth and the power. Wealth and the power. If you look at the, uh, in this context, so when she has no, uh, when it snows, she has no fear for household, and then she's clothed, scarlet means that she has that authority about her. She has certain spiritual powers she possesses. And that's the really, uh, the meaning of this. And you wonder like, uh, wh- why is it always scholar? Why is it red? This will be very natural. You don't even have to ask questions for most of Europeans or Catholics. But the Protestant in the United States, we get really confused because to us, power and authority to man's color is what? It's blue, right? And it's woman's color is red. But see, that only happened about, uh, you know, a couple hundred years ago. Many years ago, historically, red really represented, of course, wealth and the power. Because there's wealth and power, it was associated with man. Man's color was red. So if you want to have a baby now, you know, go paint your room with red for men. And girls may be blue or something, you know. That's the way it used to be. You say, well, how is that? Well, if you think about it, if you look at all these Roman uh, 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 Catholic carnals, what do they wear? They have authority and they have a power. It's all red. Take a look at the British soldier. What do they wear even today? It's all red. British were the one, right? British were the tough and they conquered the world with red. So when, when we, the Americans, back in 200 years ago, were fighting with the British, they want to wear red too, but British are red and red, so they had to come up with a different color. So they came up with the blue. This is real. I'm not making it up. If you go history, that's exactly what it says. So from that point on, blue became man's color in the United States only. Okay, so it's blue. So it's, 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 not, it's not that relevant, but the point is that the, the, the point the Bible is trying to is clothed in scarlet. is that she has this, possessed some power and authority about her calmness and her uh, 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 having a total confidence in, in God. And that's what it's really trying to point out here. The clothing with that power and authority in God, and it's, it's a common terminology is used in, in the New Testament. So when it talks about you know the love, it says put on to put on to, to have love. What kind of clothes 
a wardrobe should be putting on. So in the Corinthians, for example, Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, many of which are basically fruits of the Spirit. Verse 22, she makes covering for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Again, it talks about clothes, what she's wearing, but mostly about what it signifies. It's not about the color. It's not about just uh, the, 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 the material type, but it's what it signifies. She makes covering for her bed. In my business, I'm, a pres- I'm the president. I'm the president, but I don't uh, have a secretary telling uh, uh, responsibility, you make coffee for me every morning. We don't do that. You make your own coffee. We, we wash our own dishes. No, no, better yet. Because it's, it's your life, my business, my your kitchen. And I have like a lot of dirty dishes. I, I wash them. I wash them. Because it's about doing life together. It's not about just business. If it was all about business, you know what I'd be doing? I'd be putting down the sign of the sink. Wash your own cup. Don't leave a dirty uh, thing in there, dirty dishes. There. Or the famous one. Uh, this is when I was younger, when I was young, I always see this. Your mom don't work here. <laughs> Say, nah, I'm not doing that. See, that's what the business. Your business is my life kind of people do that kind of stuff. See, that's what the MBA teaches. Okay? But God's MBA teaches different. It's about blood that heals. It's about love that heals. It's about life. It's very different. And you, when you do that, you have God with you. God's favor with you. He's running your business together. She's clothed with fine linen and purple. I'm having a lot of hard time even these days. In the beginning, it was not a problem because of how the millennials are like, you know, a lot of different breed of uh, people there. Uh, you know, it's fine linen. So I read this again, clothed in fine linen and purple. What does this mean? So I said, oh, that, I know what this means. She was doing labor. You know, she would, those days, there, there was no white-colored job. It was all blue-color, working hard and doing trades. And um, so, but she was still wearing, and she's, while she's actually doing the work, she's working vigorously, her arms are strong, but she's actually doing the work with, but she's still wearing the fine linen and purple. So we said, we are going to, Stay with formal attire. So in our office, we still wear ties and all that kind of wonderful thing. But I still get time to time lots of pressure from my people. Can we change this? You know, so I change. Now Fridays are ca- oh, ca- business casual, not casual, business casual. And then the next time, then we had made an entire summer, June, July, over three months, business casual. They did love it. So now they're pushing a little further. What can we? Uh, but so what we had to do is, uh, Miami, uh, we used to just, you know, even though like 95 degree temperature, we still do that. But what is interesting, back in the uh, 10 years ago, New York, Miami, boy, the, the city of Miami is very formal. Even though they're like sweltering hot, it's like Washington, D.C. You go to Washington, D.C. summertime, they're all formal. And you can watch in the Miami, they were formal too. I think it's that, that that culture, like the Hispanic culture, must love really dressing up. And so we, it was okay. So we did it. Now that and the Miami had totally changed, <laughs> nobody wears tie anymore. 
So then we say, okay, what's a fine linen? Fine linen, what's a purple? It is, you know, what the best wardrobe for that time. You know, what is it? So I know what they wear. You know, I asked it, so my com- uh, company people, you have two choice. You wear tie or you do like a paper Miami. Well, what's a paper Miami? They don't wear tie. Oh, that's great, but, but you can't wear a combo. You have to wear this, like, uh, navy jacket all, all around. You can't wear that kind of stuff. You have to have a tight pants, okay, really fit suit, no ties, usually white and nice little shirt. That's the business attire. Oh, that's going to be expensive. So they're not wearing that. But anyway, so th- to make a point, you know, we even, you know, Bible is very, very just... Uh, interesting, it's just amazing, even the talks about those things, and we try to abide by it as much as we can. 23, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elder of the land. I learned this by mistake, not mistake, by accident, that we are actually doing this. This would have been about uh, 20, uh, close to 20, about 18 some years ago, uh, two years into uh, starting my business. And I, 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 I really, um, you know, um, work with uh, your life. It's our business with that attitude and approach. I uh, did that. And then when the project was all done, and um, my client here was a Merck pharmaceutical company right there. We've done like five, six huge projects, a couple of projects in Rahway and two, three projects in the West Point, and it became our big client. So when we finished our first project, he calls me and said, Tim, I want to uh, treat you for dinner. Bring your team out. Well, only at that time, we only had like six or seven people, right? maybe a little more. And uh, so, so we had a four or five of us uh, went out. And then we have to, had a nice little dinner, and then uh, I just felt like I need to say something, you know, because I'm the, you know, I'm the, uh, the designer. So I s- kind of stood up and uh, trying to be a little more formal and said to uh, uh, the client and said that, well, you know, I just want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to design. And, and then as soon as I can even finish my sentence, the Tim shut down, sit down. He didn't quite, I think, he, I think he said shut up, he shut up, he because we became very friendly, right? So shut up, and you know, depending on how he said it, it's like loving way. He said it very lovingly, shut up and sit down, right? I mean, he sat down. He says, I call for this, okay? I have something to say. And he said, this is what happened. A few weeks ago, my boss called me, and he said, you did a great job finishing that project. It was a pretty big project. It was probably, I think it was about $30, $40 million project. It was a big project. You finished it, and you finished on time. There's like minimum change order. It didn't cost them anymore. It came within the budget. And most importantly, you, within that two, three-year time period, you are like always not stressed. It's happy. I like that. So, yeah. And my boss said to me, asked me, can you do it again? He says, yeah, I think I can do that again. Then he paused a little bit, a couple of minutes, uh, a couple of seconds, and said, can you teach all the other guys, pricing managers, how to do that too? And he, he didn't know what he, he was, how he was directing. He says, I think so. He said, now you are 
director of facilities. They're all going to work for you. I want you to teach this. And I, and then he said this, my client says, I, be, I got promoted because of you guys. You guys did so good of job. I didn't have any stress. You served me very well. You were, everything is on time. You did work hard. You served me very well. And I got noticed by my boss. And I got promoted. So I just want to thank you, Tim. From that point on, we just did just about every type of a project that we are uh, expert of in a mark, pharmaceutical. This is what it says. Her husband is respected at the city gate. Her husband, in this case, our client, my client, is respected at the city gate, at his own workplace, where he got promoted. He sits among the elders of the land. That's like high place. It's the, a place of uh, a power and authority. He got promoted. And I said, when I looked at it, wow, that's exactly man. So uh, what we do in our mind company, when I have a new project manager, this is what I drill. I mean, I go from verse 10 to all the way to verse 31. But I look at this. Your goal, your job is to make sure your client gets promoted in his place. Some of the things that I'm beginning to challenge as I give a talk to many people uh, around the world, let say, Korea mostly right now, is that how do we apply this in the workplace as believer, as, a, uh, as, a, as someone who can bring life to people? Help your cohorts to get promoted. That's like what, that's totally contrary to what MBA course will teach. All right. What happens when you're young, you've got about 20, some 50 interns working on a company, 10 years later they become sort of like, a, you know, they got their own positions there. In 15 years they become associate, they become a director. By this time there's only what used to be 15, 10 people. They never felt a threat to each other as they rise. There's only a couple people. There's two, three people. Now, now instead of being friends, they're like, how am I going to beat this guy so I can be noticeable? And they become a vice president. They're only going to pick, out of two, they just want to pick one. What do, they do? what do we do as some people? We stop trying to stump on that first. Oh, he didn't do that. I did it. You know, trying to make yourself uh, more... Uh, credit than the other person. But God's way is that if you help your co-workers to be promoted with a loving way and, and, and whether your life is my business, even though you may lose that promotion, which means even though you may lose that little raise that may come with the promotion, if you really think about it, that delta is not that much. But you, you know, if you really did it with a total loving way, you know what really happens in, in, in real business world today? When you're hungry, this doesn't apply as much. But we're not a hungry country anymore. So this friend, your coworker, who you have helped to get promoted, if it's a big company, he's going to need help. In order for him to sustain in the business, sustain in his, uh, 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 his position, for him to look good, he's going to need someone who, whom he can depend on. 
I can't do, I'm the president, I cannot do that job all by myself. I need this, I got four or five vice presidents, I need all their helps. So naturally what happens, it may not happen within six months, a year, but this guy's gonna say, wow, I didn't realize my responsibility this big. In order for me to do this, I need him in my circle. That's what happens. Now, if that doesn't happen, you say, well, that, that guy is really, you know, sneaky, and I don't like him, but that's okay. But you infuse life into him. But if he betrays you, that's okay, because who was watching? God was watching. He says, I am pleased with what you did. And so, therefore, he will yank you out of that place, or you'll find some other ways to promote you. That's the way God works. At the same time, this guy, you, already, you have infused love, and someday you have planted a seed in his or her heart. That's God's way that, he, that he, God wants us to. Twenty-five, she is again clothed with the strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. No stress. When you, when, you are, when you give, when you try to not to take, when you give, this is the kind of life that you can live. You, you, you are close with the strength and the dignity, the power and authority and the strength. And 26 is about being eloquent. She speaks with the wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. In our office, we do not allow anyone in our office to swear or to say curse words, even to bring people down. Gossips or stabbing someone in the back is not allowed. That's what mothers do. Mother says, at the end of the day, it's all worth it. God wants us to have the heart of mother, heart of woman, heart of bride, and that's who we are. And most importantly, God wants us to have the heart of Jesus Christ because we've been studying all along. The book of Proverbs is about the wisdom. The wisdom is the essence of who? our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. This isn't just about woman. It's about the essence of who our Lord Jesus Christ is. Proverbs, all entire Proverbs, and specifically as we just focus on Proverbs 31, it is the essence of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how he would do. That's how he would manage if he was among us. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the word of wisdom that you have given us.